Uh, we're kicking off our series uh, this morning. So for the next four weeks, we're looking at this series, Conflict Happens. And today we're kicking off the series looking at the idea about what conflict is. Who here has endured conflict in their life? Ah, oh, haven't we all? Internal conflict, external conflict, spiritual conflict. It's, it seems like no matter where relationships are, conflict is there. So uh, over these next four weeks, uh, we're going to be having a look and trying to unwrap a little bit about how do we respond to conflict well. As a church, uh, it's important that we are equipped well to be able to handle conflict because uh, we need to be able to resolve stuff. Because things that are not resolved end up becoming poisonous, not only to our community, but it becomes poisonous to our hearts and we become hard within our own heart. So today, we're going to look at what conflict is and sort of the cause of conflict. Next week, we're going to look at the pain that comes from unresolved conflict. And then in weeks three and weeks four, we're going to try and give you some tools to help you actually resolve conflict that comes up in your life. Why don't we pray and we'll get into today's message. God, thank you so much that you have given us a uh, chance to worship you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to see our young people go well and enjoy their time and uh, not just have fun and play sport, but also form a relationship. And those relationships, Lord, will serve them for the rest of their lives. So thank you for that. I just pray that you'll be with us as we get to have a look at a passage of Scripture and as we set up this whole series. Amen. So... I'm going to go through some content really, really quickly, and I'm going to focus in on one part. So, conflict is broad, right? And this morning, we're going to have a look at the idea of external conflict, so conflict with people outside of ourselves, and especially about this idea that when we have unmet needs, that is when conflict arises. But I want to quickly go through the different types of conflict that we have. We have internal conflict, our identity, our values, our actions, we have conflict with ourselves. There's a great passage in Romans 7 where this guy called Paul is writing, and he says, I want to do the right thing, and I want to do what I should do, but I end up doing what I shouldn't do. And then what I shouldn't do, I end up doing... Oh, it's very confusing. Go have a read of it. It's great uh, in Romans chapter 7. But he's saying that there's something within him that his actions aren't matching his heart. There's a conflict in his internal world. He wants to do the right thing, but he doesn't. Now, I think we're all like that. We have great ideals about who we should be, we have great ideals about what we want to be as people, but then we go and do something that undermines it. We want to be hardworking. We want to be people who have good character, but then we'll go and we'll gossip about someone. Then we'll go and just sit in front of Netflix all day instead of getting the work done we should have got done. We undermine our character and who we are all the time because we have this internal conflict. We want to do the right thing, but it's hard. It's hard to do the right thing. We have that internal conflict as well around identity and values. Who are we really? It's tough. Sometimes when we get into those really, uh, not lonely places, but those really reflective spaces, uh, we can be coming to questions about who am I? And that can be really scary for some of us because for some of us, who we are, we're not okay with who we are. And, uh, and that can be quite confronting and there's this internal disagreement. So we have internal conflict. We have external conflict and the one we're going to look at today, the unmet needs. But there's also external conflicts that are forced upon you. In, uh, in one of uh, Jesus' teachings, he talks about the Good Samaritan. There's a guy who's going along, he's Jewish, and he gets beaten up and he gets robbed. Not a great start to the day. As people come and see this guy on the side of the road, he's dying, uh, a Jewish leader walks past, a Jewish fellow Jewishman walks past, and a Jewish leader walks past, and they ignore him. And they do nothing to help him. 
And then a Samaritan comes along and he helps this guy on the side of the road by just being a decent human being. And there was this conflict that was forced onto these two characters because the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. There might be conflict in your story with your family or with your history where there's just conflict which isn't you, that's something to do with your tribe or your people. And you don't know why you're fighting with them, but you know that because I belong to this family over here, I have to fight with them. And so there's external conflict that is actually forced upon us. Then there's spiritual conflict. We believe here that Jesus is real, that he really died, and that he really rose again. And there's this idea that if we believe in him, we are okay with God. But then we do things that go against God. And there's a spiritual conflict and a spiritual thing about who you want to be again, but who, who you, you're meant to be, but you don't always hit that. And then in weeks three and four, we're going to look at this idea that Jesus actually answers all of those conflicts, that internal conflict, that external conflict, spiritual conflict. Jesus answers that. He meets all our needs. He realigns our internal world. He answers our external world, and He heals our spiritual world all through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's a lot. Let's dive into just how we treat and get along with other people. One of the main reasons you have conflict with a relationship in your life is because there is an unmet need between you and the other party. You have an expectation. You have something which you thought the other person would do and they didn't do. Maybe you trusted them with something and they broke that trust. And what happens if we don't go and confront or we don't go and ask why that happened or what happened there, the conflict can go unresolved or the disagreements can go unresolved and can end up blowing up and becoming bigger and bigger. And how you and I define what conflict is is going to very much differ upon many factors. Our upbringing, who our role models were as children, did our parents or parent or family, did they fight in a healthy way or did they bottle it all up? Were you told to just sort of get on and deal with it or were you told to healthily be able to express your point of view? That's going to affect how you deal with resolving disagreements in your life and it's going to shape the way that you see conflict in your life. How safe your household was. Were you able to safely experiment and go against the boundaries in a healthy way or did you, if you'd done that, it was really bad consequences for you? Uh, The company that you keep Uh, The friends you had growing up and the friends you have now, they're going to shape the way that you you view conflict. Past relationships and current relationships. This is a big one. Whether your internal world and external world are validated. So when you're growing up, you are externally validated as a human being by your parents or by your family. Does everyone get that? They are to you your external validation. They give you identity. When you exit your, when about 12 years old, you exit that kid's years, you begin to get externally validated by the people around you, your peers. You don't look to family anymore for that validation of yourself. You actually look to your friends. And then as you exit teenagehood and you enter into your 20s or late teens into 20s, you begin to look for a relationship with someone and you begin to get externally uh, externally validated either by a romantic relationship or by your peers there. And what can happen very uh, dangerously is that if at any point you don't stop and become internally validated and become okay with who you are, you're just always externally validated by everyone else. So when it comes to conflict, your world can absolutely crumble. 
when your external validation doesn't come from the people you trust. I think we've all had those moments where a peer group has humiliated us or where we've trusted someone and they've let us down in a big way. Instead of us being able to stand firm and say, I'm okay with who I am, we end up just crumbling because we were getting validated. We had identity by who those people were. So that's going to affect the way that you see conflict in your life. How well you're able to express your needs. So how well you communicate is going to affect the way that you see conflict. Because if you're really poor at communicating what you need in life, you're going to think that everyone's against you. But everyone around you is going, I don't know what that person wants. They're always angry with me. Because they're not communicating their needs. Or maybe your friendship circle, your family aren't good at listening. And you are saying to them that I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like I have freedom here. And they're so absorbed in their own world, they don't hear you. All of that comes to affect the way that you see conflict. So stop for a second. Let's take a little internal snapshot of your world. Do you see conflict in your life right now? You don't need to answer that. If they're sitting next to you, definitely do not answer that. (laughs) Just take a little internal inventory. Do you see conflict in your world right now? How do you view conflict? How do you actually express it? Do you express it as fighting? Do you express it as something which you just got to get over? For some of you, you're very much like me. I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. So when conflict pops up, sometimes I get very surprised because I thought we were fine. I thought everything was good, but I wasn't listening or I wasn't validating someone's experience. I wasn't acting in the love of Christ towards another person. And then I'm surprised when conflict arises. Maybe some of you, you're so, your personality is so like, just if you have your expectations down here, you'll always hit them. And you just see conflict everywhere. Anytime someone says something to you, it just sets something off inside. Maybe that's, that's what you are. But whoever you are, however you view conflict, it can be as little as just disagreeing with someone over where to buy lunch. It can be something as big as cutting off a family member because the way they've offended you. It can be as big as or as small as whatever you rate it. But however we see it, however we view conflict, it happens. Now, I think we're all getting on the same page now. So I'm going to go through here and say, okay, if we have conflict in our lives, which I think we can agree with, if we all understand the fact that we are all going to view it differently, so there's no right and wrong in the way that we view someone and how they react to it, but I'm going to go through and just have a look at some things about why is it that there is conflict. Now, if you've got your Bibles, uh, go to James chapter 4, uh, verse 1 to 3, and we're going to get there in a second, but I'm going to, I'm going to say uh, some things out as, that speak into the, the realm of what our needs are as humans and why, and this might actually shed light into why you disagree and have conflict with other people, because you and I as humans, we have needs. There's things that we want to have in this life, and here is a few of them. We all feel the need to have safety and security, amen? We want to be safe, We want to feel secure. We want to be able to express ourselves and not feel like someone's going to come in and just crush us. We have this need, and what can happen is that if we're unable to express that need to other people, when they come and they impinge on our safety or our security, we we tense up, and we want to react, and we want to fight, and we want to, well, you know, either fight, flight, freeze, or freak, four Fs. We want to do one of those. Because we all have this desire for safety and security, and when someone comes along and they threaten that, or when you're unable to express your need for that, that can cause a huge disagreement, which can really lead to a big falling out in relationship. 
We all have a need to belong and feel loved, to be accepted by other people. It's not fun going it alone. We need community. Some of you are in church this morning because this church is part of that community support and network, which is awesome. For some of you, it's your um, social clubs, um, sports. For some of you, it's school or your workplace or maybe a very specific group of friends. But we all have that need to feel like we belong and feel like we're loved. We all have a need for self-esteem, to be able to recognize that we are strong in who we are. We all have a need for personal fulfillment. We actually want to feel like we're doing something good in our lives, don't we? One of the crushing things when it comes to conflict is that you might feel that you have a dream or a hope and you want to go and pursue something new and then someone in your inner circle comes along and says, that'll never work. How are you going to do that? And you're just dreaming. You just want to feel like you're fulfilling something either internally or something which you can do externally for the world around you. And someone comes along and says, that'll never happen. That business is a bad idea. Don't put yourself out there. And that need for personal fulfillment gets squashed. And instead of healthily going back and saying, I'm going to try anyway, or thank you for your feedback, I'm going to put it in the bin. Or instead of going up to them and saying, you do it in your mind, don't you? Instead of going and just nipping it in the bud there and expressing that unmet need, you end up going and getting angry and gossiping about them, talking about them bad behind their back, or or just cutting off the relationship instead of expressing why that hurt is there, and it can just escalate and escalate. We have a need for identity. We have a need for cultural security. We have a need for freedom. We have a need for distributive justice. There's something inside of us. This isn't how the world works. There's something inside of us where we want things to be fair. At our best, we want to share our resources so that others can benefit. At our worst, we just want to grab everything, hoard it away, put it in a bank account for later, Um, or not share our toys. You see it with kids all the time. When they're at their best, they share their stuff freely. And when they're at their worst, they just try and kick everyone off the, off the equipment. Yesterday, I was at the park. And Azalea was on this like, the little merry-go-round thing, the flat one. No horses on it, obviously. Little circle move around. And she was on it by herself, having the time of her life. Then another kid came and said, I would like to come on. Like, not in those words, but with that expression, you know, that hope. And Azalea said, no. And I said, you are a small child, girl. You, there's so much room for someone else here. But she was just feeling a little bit sick and a little bit unwell. So she just said, nope, I don't want you here. And she went and she pushed the other kid. And I'm like, nope. Pulled, a, pulled my daughter away and said, you do not do that to people. We, we, at our best, we want to make things fair. But that's just not how life is, unfortunately. And participation. We all have the need to actually actively participate and influence our society, our friends, and the world around us. Let me just tell one story and then we're going to get into James. When I was younger, when I was younger, there was something coming to Kalgoorlie and there was a concert that was happening at night time. So these people were coming, uh, it, it was some sort of celebration and at, during the day we went out as a school and went and got all the free pens and the free things you get at these fate things. But at night time there was a concert and I wanted to go so badly. I just, I'm like, I've got friends, there's a concert on. I didn't know the bands, but it didn't matter. I just wanted to be with my friends. And I said to my parents, look, I get home from school. I want to go to the concert tonight. Can I go from this hour to this hour? I'm going to go and hang out with my friends. And my parents said, yes. And I was like, thank you. This is amazing. I must have been about year six, year seven. So we went and they dropped me off. And we started going to the concert. And about an hour later, they swung back around to pick me up. And I was like, whoa, whoa. We had an agreement. Not one hour, three hours. What happened to three hours? 
And my parents said, you've got to come with me. I can't remember what was happening. I'm sure they had a great reason for it, but at the time, they broke their word. It's meant to be three hours, not one hour. So I get home, and I, as a responsible year six or seven, I voice my opinion and say, Mother, Father, you have disappointed me <laughs> in another life. I got home. I went into my room. I stewed for a little bit. Then I walked out of my room around the corner, and with bare feet, I went up to the wall, and I went, bang. I kicked the wall. And my foot went through the wall. <laughs> just the toes, like just a little bit. I was just shocked. I was shocked. I was so shocked. Now, I didn't break anything or hurt myself. I was amazed at my strength, to be honest. <laughs> but just that feeling of just, oh, anger overwhelmed me so much. And my parents came and they just gave me a hug and said, it's okay, we're sorry you didn't get to get what you wanted tonight. It's going to be all right. And I forgave them and I was really angry. I cried a bit, got my anger out on the wall. And they fixed the wall for me, which was good because I don't know how to fix drywall. Here's the point. They broke the original deal that we'd put in place, and there were three things or three needs in me that I felt that they had disrespected or crossed. One, I was feeling the need to belong with my friends, and they came in, and I felt that they had taken that need away from me. So instead of being able to go and have an experience with my friends that would deepen our relationships and would allow me to belong greater to that group, they took that away from me. Second thing is identity. I was starting to form my own identity around year six and seven, moving away from being validated by mum and dad to being validated by my peers. And as that transition was happening, this was something that sort of stopped me from really doing that properly. And of course, my freedom. I felt we had an agreement and I felt complete freedom within those three hours. And they'd come and they'd chopped off the last two hours. They took away part of my freedom that we put in place. The conflict ended. I got rid of my anger. I'd done something stupid. I vented to my parents. But it's just a small example of what happens with us all the time. We have expectations. We have needs. We have wants in our lives and people come and they step on them. And instead of going and saying, hey, can we talk about this? Can we deal with this? We just get angry and we go and explode somewhere else. So let's get to James. Why do we have this conflict? So everyone here is aware of who Jesus is? Sweet. Jesus was a real man, as I said at the beginning, and he had brothers and sisters. Now, this may be new for you. Uh, same Mum, different dad, obviously. Jesus had God. Uh, the others had Joseph. So James here is a half-brother of Jesus. And uh, James is a really interesting character because he's Jesus' half-brother, and then he became a leader within the church. Now, here's the thing. I take James very seriously as a book because who here would believe their brother if they said they were the son of God? What would it take to convince you that they were really the Son of God? Imagine growing up with a sibling and saying, and them coming along and saying, I'm perfect, I'm the Son of God. You'd be like, no, no you're not. So I take James very seriously because if you ever want to discredit anybody, go look at their close friends and their family, you'll find dirt there. But here we have an example of someone who saw Jesus in a very intimate way, grew up with, imagine being James, something went wrong and it's always you because it was never Jesus. The bloke was perfect. That would, that would have drove me mad. But James comes to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, comes to believe in Him, and then becomes part of the church which Jesus started. And then what he does, and we're going to read a couple of verses of his wisdom, he actually condenses all of his teachings, puts it into a letter, puts it out there for all the churches, and it's just this amazing thing of wisdom literature 
and short wisdom sayings for us, which is incredible. Now, different to guys like Paul in the Bible, James wrote to any Christian. Paul was writing to a particular church or context. James was just like, here's what I think is right. And I mean, the, he grew up with Jesus. So I mean, he's got to, it must have rubbed off on him. And it's really wise the stuff that he has to say. So here in James chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, we're going to have a look at what causes conflict between us. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. We'll get back to that in a second. Don't worry. Uh, You covet, but you cannot have, so you go and quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. But if you do ask God, you probably don't receive because you're asking with the wrong motives. And you'd spend whatever you got on your pleasure. So James very wisely here says, what causes fights? What causes conflicts with us? What is it that causes us to disagree with one another? They come from the desires that battle within us. We have need, we have want, we have things that we desire, but they're battling. They're battling constantly within us. I looked at this at the beginning with that internal conflict world. We want to do what is right, but we don't because there's an internal conflict We want to be our best person that we can be at work, but then someone offends us and we go and we end up gossiping behind their back. We want to be the best family member that we can to our brother or our sister, but they offend us and we lock them outside for three hours. That was, yeah, just random, random example. Nothing I ever did to my sisters. There's things within us that battle. We fight because we want things and we want to do things, but then they either don't eventuate, someone steps on them, or we end up letting ourselves down. So we fight with one another. So we fight with one another. You desire to have, but you don't. So you kill. What, what he's saying there is not saying literally you go and you kill someone. You want something and you desire something so bad that you will lie, cheat, and steal to get it. One of the great things Jesus says is that murder is not about physically killing someone. It's even just the thoughts we have towards other people. Because God looks at it and says, actually... It's not always about the action. He's looking at our heart. And James picks that up and says, you want something in your heart, you don't have it, so you will lie, cheat, and steal to get it. You kill against the people around you. We covet, but we cannot get what we want, so we quarrel and fight. We want something badly, and we just end up fighting to get it. And how many relationships have we broken? How many relationships have we lost because of some stupid thing that we wanted? And when we finally got it, we didn't even want it anymore. Or when we finally got it, it ended up just bringing us misery and not actually fulfilling the need or desire within us. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. One of the great things about asking God for something is that we are asking God to align our world to His. And when we ask for something seriously, we're actually asking for something that will end up glorifying God. So the, the best thing that we can do and our best self is when we can go to God and we can say, God, I have a need, I have a desire, and it's actually something that is going to proclaim your name further than before. That is us at our best. At our worst, we've got a long list. I want a new car. I want security. I want this house. I want this thing to go away. I want this person to just get over it. I want... And we come to God, and God says, I'm actually not going to give you that, because if I do, you're just going to use it for yourself. It doesn't actually further my kingdom, which is incredibly wise of James. Because at our best, we want to say, hey, let's love the people around us. At our best, we want to love 
people so that they can come to know Jesus. But we're not always at our best, are we? And when conflict comes into the equation, sometimes we can say things that are very hurtful and we can act in ways that are very, very unlike what God wants us to act like. And we can lie, cheat, steal and gossip to do things and do things that will get us what we think we want but won't actually help us in the long term. So why does conflict exist? Because we're human. Because we want things. Because we desire things and we don't get them. And instead of expressing it like adults and like people who are capable, because we're a smart group of people here. I think we've got some degrees here. I think we've got some people who have put time into thinking along our ways, right? Even though we're a smart group of people, instead of going to someone when we have conflict with them and when we're upset with them, we end up going behind their back or we end up ignoring them or we don't end up dealing with the issue because we're human, because we're not always at our best. So here's where we're going to land for today. Hopefully you have an idea about what conflict is. Conflict is when we have an unmet need and there's many needs I went through and when that unmet need is not resolved, we end up having friction and conflict with another person. Hopefully, you understand and have contextualized into your life where the conflict points are. If you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, I have no conflict in my life, you're blessed. That's awesome. Uh, You might be lying, but that's still cool. (laughs) Hopefully, you've gone and taken a little bit of an inventory and you can start to recognize where conflict is in your marriage, in your relationship with your parents, with your kids, in your relationship with your friendship circles, in relationship with your peers at work. Hopefully, you can start to understand where that conflict is. And when we get to week three and four, I'll give you some good tools to be able to resolve it. So we're not going to resolve conflict today, unfortunately. So if you're not here for week three and four, listen to the podcast, uh, the online thing, because I'll give you some steps you can take if you don't know where to start, if you're unsure how to wade into a conversation that could be high um, emotions and high cost. But hopefully you have an idea that, hey, conflict is because of unmet needs. Conflict is because we're not always at our best. And James says that we fight because we want things and we don't have them. And instead of being adults, we just end up trying to get it through any way that we can. I'm going to invite the band to come up. And as the band comes on up here, whoop, almost lost my paper. As the band comes up here, I just want to end with this again. Jesus is the answer to all of our conflict. And that sounds incredibly simple, shallow and cliche. I understand that and I get that. But the reason I believe that Jesus is the answer to our conflict is because, one, He meets all of our needs. Not all of our wants, He meets all of our needs. He realigns our internal world. He actually gets us to understand that who we are inside needs to realign with who God wants us to be, not who the world wants us to be. He heals our spiritual world. Jesus actually came, died, rose again, so that you and I can be okay with God. It's part of His deal. It's awesome. And He does this all through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if we're not trusting in the Holy Spirit, then any conflict we come to is just going to be in our own strength. When Jesus very clearly, and we'll look at this in week three and four, relied and did everything he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you stand and I'll pray as we finish. Lord God, thank you so much that through our conflict, we can learn to deepen our relationship with you and other people. Lord, I pray for all the unmet needs that are in our church right now, Lord. For those of us who are struggling with identity, May you fill us with internal validation, Lord. May you make us okay with who we are because you love us for who we are. For those of us who are struggling with this unmet need of freedom, God, because of people who are placing constraints on us, may you intervene and allow us to express that 
so that people can be aware of our situation. Lord, for those of us who are struggling with the unmet need of belonging, we don't feel like we have a tribe. We don't feel like we belong somewhere. May you enter into our lives and give us some people to belong to. Lord, we just trust that any unmet need will ultimately be fulfilled in you. But until that happens, God, I pray that we express it in a healthy way, resolve conflict with those around us, and we trust in you every step of the way. In your name and for your glory, all God's people said, Amen.